discussion about Thursday night football just with one fact that has just been tweeted out from Caesars Sportsbook. What's that? Now, again, this is just at Caesars, okay? Nowhere else, just at Caesars. 100% of the action tonight. Think about that, 100%. So every bet that has been placed on this prop Mm -hmm. is going in one direction. 100% of the action is on Mitch Trubisky over one and a half interceptions, or over a half interception tonight. So meaning he's going to throw an interception. Meaning not one person has placed a bet saying he won't. won't. (laughs) Caesar Sportsbook. Wow. Wow is right. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. And I say all that because this is where we are starting right now with the Steelers and the Browns tonight. And what I personally believe will be Mitch Trubisky's final start for the Steelers this season because... I'm not going to be shocked if at halftime we see Kenny Pickett. Now, what could play a role in this is that there it is supposed to be a windy night in Cleveland. It's yeah. going to be wet before the game, and then at about eight o'clock, it's going to. It looks like it's going to stop raining. At least that's what the forecasts say right now. But winds could be around 19, 20 miles an hour uh, throughout the course of the game. So, does that factor in to not putting him out there? Possibly. But having said that, he played at Pittsburgh. I know. Having said that, I fully believe that if Trubisky and the Steelers' offense doesn't have it going, not even if he throws a pick, if they don't have it going tonight in the first half, I believe you will see Kenny Pickett in the second half and you will not see Mitch Trubisky again because it is go in there, give us a spark, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but it always seems that when you give that backup guy an opportunity and there's not much time for the other team to prepare, or there's not much time for him to do anything other than get out there and not think too much and just go make some plays, that a lot of times you see the best out of a guy being able to give you a spark, and then they've got 10 days until their next game, and that's against the Jets. Well, everybody loves the backup, Carlin. And here's the thing. You saw when Kenny Pickett came in in the preseason that he was able to give that offense a spark. You saw him with the game-winning drive. I think it was week two of the preseason, so it's not like – There isn't some excitement around what Kenny Pickett could potentially bring to this offense. And here's the thing. It's not like we haven't seen an in-game change at quarterback before on a primetime Thursday night game. As a matter of fact, it happened to the Cleveland Browns back in 2018. Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback going up against the Jets. The offense struggled. Guess who came in in that game? Baker Mayfield. And he set the NFL world on fire. Now, since he's fizzled, but point notwithstanding – I can see a world where Kenny Pickett comes in and tries to save the day for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. And guess what? Even if he comes up short, there's the built-in excuse that Mitch Trubisky was the starter, got the lion's share of the reps during practice and during the course of a short week. And now Kenny Pickett will have the opportunity to get all of the reps in a long week in preparation for the New York Jets. So it makes a lot of sense. The Jets are a soft place to land, pun intended. I, I, I think... This is the last game we're talking about, Mitch Trubisky starting for the Steelers this year. Now, Chris, earlier today we had on Max Starks, who is, of course, an ESPN radio football analyst, and he is the sideline analyst for the Steelers. He'll be on that call of that game uh, later on tonight on the Steelers radio network. Mm -hmm. And uh, His first thought about the offense didn't necessarily have to do with the quarterbacks. It seemed like it had more to do with the system and some of the other – things that have been shortcoming so far, like maybe Najee Harris not finding the holes to run through enough, things like that. Now, having said all that, we did ask him 
about Kenny Pickett and where he feels like his progress is right now. If you insert Kenny Pickett into this position um, that the team's in right now, I don't know if Kenny Pickett is any different than Mr. Trubisky. So it's like, why put him in there if it's not truly on the quarterback, right? If everything else is going well and you say, I got to change this one gear here, which is a quarterback, and then we now start to go into a different direction, I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of gears that need to be put in place. And so – you know, anytime you're building a team, especially building a new team, you usually build all the other pieces around it before you build the quarterback. And so that's why you brought in Mitch Trubisky in the offseason. And, and the first time free agency was available, you bring him in because basically Rudolph wasn't going to be that guy. You needed somebody to push. And then from there, you say, you know what, let's also build on the future. Let's bring a quarterback in here, one that we plan to start in a couple of years or a year or two instead of right now. But this is what I don't get. There's an easy thing to change. Like, what else can you change theoretically that would give you any kind of a spark right away? Yeah, you can't get rid of the entire offensive line. You can't get rid of your receiving core. You're not getting rid of your running back. So what is there to change? You're not you're getting not, rid of your OC right now. No, you're not getting rid of Tomlin either. So, I mean, the reality is we're going to make a change at the quarterback position. It's process of elimination. And here's the thing, Carlin. Nobody has more of an impact on what the offense does than the guy that touches the ball every single play. So why not give Kenny Pickett an opportunity to see if he can do better than Mitch Trubisky? Maybe he has the ability to navigate the offensive line woes a little bit better. Maybe he has the ability to help in terms of dictating looks from the defense that create easier opportunities for Najee Harris. Maybe he can get the ball to George Pickens when he says he's open 90% of the time. I don't know, Carlin, but when I see the starter Mitch Trubisky say, admittedly, that he struggled to find receivers in the passing game, and then I see the turnovers, the turnover that he threw in the first half against the New England Patriots and the other potential turnover that he threw right before halftime, I got to say this, man. I can't see Kenny Pickett stepping in and doing any worse. Yeah. And here's the deal. If it's not going to change the result, at least you make the change knowing that the future at the quarterback position has a chance to get the -the on-the-job training. Carlin, it's football. You know how you get better at football? By playing football in meaningful games, ideally. Give Kenny Pickett that opportunity rather than punting on the season and losing games with Mitch. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on your smart speaker as well. Here's the other thing, though. If they don't go to Pickett after this game, if the outcome is similar to what we saw this past week, it actually would have me worried a little bit about where Pickett is. Because I don't think after this week that they're going to turn around and start him in Buffalo on the road. I don't think they're going to turn around and start him against Tampa Bay at home. Maybe they would start him against Miami on the road. Hell no, not with that defense. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Then Philly on the road? No. This is my point. After that, you get a bye, then you get New Orleans at home. Again, another tough defense. Yeah, but here's the thing, Carlin. After the bye week, if you're still starting Mitch – in, but, in week eight, your season's over. But that's your that's, season's over. Your season's so are over. You, are you waiting until your season is over and guys are checked out no. before you put Kenny Pickett in? No, but here's my point. No, I'm not. But what that would tell me is that Kenny Pickett is not ready and he's not doing a lot well in practice. Well, how the hell can he not be ready? He spent five years in college, played in over 50 games. He's 24. If he ain't ready, when is he going to be ready? I agree. That's why I'm saying that would worry me if that were to happen. I don't believe it would happen. But here's the thing, Carlin. I don't think you can afford to let that concern, if that is the case, keep you from playing him. 
just because your season is over if you're riding with Mitch Trubisky for the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. The season's I, look, over. Guys I, are shipping cars home at that point. And this is Because why, you have no hope with Mitch as your starting no, quarterback. No, you don't. You have none. And that's why Pickett should be playing after that, because after this week, if Trubisky doesn't show anything tonight. I mean, I, I, I'm i sorry. I, I do think as much as Mike Tomlin wants to be measured and wants to make the right decision for his team and obviously understands there's no going back, yep. that you're going to reach that point of no return sooner rather than later. And you can't mess around when your defense is pretty good. And your defense gets run over late last week. I'm not going to say it's all because the offense couldn't do anything, but two three and outs in the fourth quarter did not help. Here's what I'll say. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers are not punting on the season because they didn't elect to have T.J. Watt have season-ending surgery. They're trying to get him back as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, they're hoping that he can be back in six or seven weeks. So, to me, that would suggest that there is going to be an incredibly short leash on Mitch Trubisky moving forward. And even if he struggles tonight, Carlin, like you said, we could live in a world where we see Kenny Pickett step in in the second half and play and finish this thing out just to see what the kid can get, give him some live reps before going into a long week where you've got, what, 10 days to prepare for your upcoming opponent. So that, to me, makes a whole lot of sense. We'll see what direction they go. But here's the thing. I've seen the Mitch Trubisky movie before. Mm -hmm. I know how it ends. He ain't your guy. He might not be the cause of all the problems, but he damn sure ain't the solution. And neither is Mason Rudolph. The only hope that the Steelers have this season at being able to make a push for the playoffs and contend in this division is Kenny Pickett being the starting quarterback sooner rather than later. Testify, my friend. That is 100% accurate in everything you just said. Five I was about to say 5.12 Eastern time, yes. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus. I don't know why that's important, but you, I just looked down at my clock. Are you, and I'm like, hey, are, you doing the, are you doing the news? No, it's like 10 after 5. Yes. <laughs> Tragedy today. Uh, I mean, right. <laughs> tragedy because Mitch Trubisky continues to be the starting quarterback for the Steelers. That's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. <laughs> it's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. Up in Boston, they've got quite the situation going on with the head coach of the Celtics, so... Is their best option to replace Ime Odoka this season someone who's in the front office or already on the bench? We'll explain. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Ime Adoka in a very, very tricky situation, self-created up in Boston, apparently. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. 
According to Woj, it appears as if the Celtics head coach is going to be suspended for the entire season upcoming because of some inappropriate conduct, a consensual relationship with a member of the Celtics organization. Now, that is against Celtics team policy, and there are not a whole lot more specifics that have been put out there. The Celtics have yet to uh, officially suspend him as of yet, but... Right now, it appears to be the case that the Celtics are going to be without him for the upcoming season. There are a couple of things at work here. Number one, we've heard a lot of this today. If that if you're going to suspend him for a year, that's entirely too harsh for what this is. And I, I would just exactly we don't know what this is, Carlin. Exactly, we have no idea. All like, we know is the 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 treetops of whatever this is right now. Yes. We don't know the. The full story there, and I am trusting that if you are willing to do that to a coach who took you to the finals last year, there is a lot more to the story than just uh, an alleged consensual relationship. Um, It's a violation of the team rules, and this is where, folks, you can have whatever opinion you want if you think it's too harsh or not. The Celtics are a private organization. Mm Mm-hmm. They have their rules to work for them. So if that's a rule that you cannot fraternize with anybody else who is inside the organization, they can do what they want. I hate to put it that way, but it's pretty simple because it is a private team and there are plenty of organizations in this country that would do the same thing if they found something egregious enough and apparently to the Celtics, this is egregious enough to suspend him. Well, here's the thing. The Celtics organization has a responsibility to protect the workplace environment. And if they put these guidelines in place because they believe that's best practices in order to do that, then as an employee, you have to abide by them. And, Carlin, let's call this what it is. When you have a workplace affair, that has the potential to get messy. Yeah. And Boston does not, as an organization, does not accept that their head coach fell short of the standard that they're trying to uphold in terms of establishing a culture that leads to sustained winning. So I don't have a problem with the action that Boston is taking right now and suspending him for a year and not guaranteeing that he's going to have his job at the end of that year. But let's be clear about one thing. If Ime Adoka was not as good at his job as he is in taking his team through the playoffs to the NBA Finals, Based on the allegations or the, the, the findings from the franchise, you could be talking about him being fired, not suspended. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they suspended him lets us know that they value his contribution to the team's success. And so I think we have to let this thing play out. But I, I will agree with you. We're not acquainted with all of the facts in this situation because Boston is certainly heavy-handed with the discipline that they're doling out right now. Well, a couple of things here. You alluded to the first part. And that is that it is not a lock that he is back. Listen to Woj earlier today on SportsCenter on that note. There's not going to be any guarantees after a year of what the future might look like for Yudoka. This is one of the most promising, you know, young head coaching minds in the league. Certainly last season, you know, really cemented himself as a Celtics head coach. Again, getting all the way to the NBA Finals before losing uh, to Golden State. But uh, this is a serious matter within mm-hmm. the Celtics. This has been a, a Celtic matter. This has not uh, been uh, probed on the league level 
you know, the Celtics are making the decisions on what Udoka's punishment was going to be for his role in this relationship. Yeah, to me, that is not just the suspension, but you better come back right. You mm-hmm. better come back with all your ducks in a row and with enough contrition that we believe that you are going to do the right thing here moving forward. And then there's the basketball aspect of this. I have heard this brought up a few times today. I know they were talking about it earlier on Greeny. The idea of Brad Stevens coming out of the front office Mm. and coaching the team. I would not do that. There was a reason that this worked out well with Adoka. There was a reason it worked out well with Stevens moving upstairs. I would try to keep this as close to what I had as possible. What doesn't help that is that Will Hardy went and is coaching the Jazz now, Mm -hmm. so he's gone, Danny Ainge, doing Danny Ainge-like things, right? Right, sticking it to the Celtics once again. Yeah, (laughs) and so now it's apparently going to be up to uh, Joe Mazzula, who is the other assistant in place, and Woj indicates that he is likely to be the choice, and this is not the easiest of situations for him. Missoula is considered a future head coaching candidate in the league, a very strong tactically, I'm told. Played a significant role in that Boston defense last year, along with Udoka. That was best in, the best in the NBA uh, in defensive efficiency. But now you know, he'll be thrust into a role uh, with a championship contender uh, as a first-time NBA head coach. And remember, without Udoka in that coach's room with Will Hardy gone to Utah. Mm. It's a lot of brain power out of that room in Boston. It's right now that coaching staff is thin just because of the attrition. So a lot of challenges for Joe Missoula. Here you go, kid. Good luck. Yeah, this is going to be tough, man. Now, under no circumstances do I think Brad Stevens needs to come out of the front office and be on the sidelines. I think that's run its course. And there was a reason why Boston couldn't have more high-level success with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum with him on the sideline. The messaging got old. Mm -hmm. And so they had to bring in some fresh blood. And they brought in a former player who has the ability to connect to to those two superstars in a way that Brad Stevens could never. So I, I, I will admit that this is a tough spot for Joe Mazzula to be in. It's a tough spot for the Boston Celtics to be in, which is why I think what Ime Adoka must have done had to be so egregious that they had no other choice. Yeah. They have been forced into this position by the personal conduct of their head coach. This is not something that they wanted to do. This is something they felt like they had to do. So when when you're going to sit there and, and judge that this is way too harsh or you're going to compare it against other things that have gone on, don't compare apples and oranges on other suspensions. This is different, and we don't know everything going on, but just... Remember that premise that Chris just told you in and of itself. The Celtics just took a coach who took them to the finals last year and suspended him for an entire year for whatever this was. In other words, they did everything they could short of firing him. So it obviously has to be a pretty big violation of what their team rules are for him to for this to be the situation. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We have got some Thursday night football coming up in just a little bit. It is the Steelers and the Browns. I want to just remind you, though, that Deshaun Watson is off in the distance waiting to come back from his suspension after 11 weeks. So what exactly is he going to be coming back to? We're going to discuss in a moment, but I want to remind you to tune in for the chance to experience History Saturday. 
Yankees hosting the Red Sox, and Aaron Judge continues his chase at Roger Maris's AL home run record. It's presented by Progressive Insurance. Coverage begins 12.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Brown Steelers tonight. We spent so much time talking about Mitch Trubisky. Then you've mm. got the flip side of this game, and that's the Cleveland Browns with... Miles Garrett, he is going to play this evening. Jadavian Clowney will not. And Chris, I'm curious here. Look, I it was an aberration down the stretch of what happened with the Browns the other day. Yeah. The defense in a couple of spots really faltered, including with Corey Davis just left wide open. How I mean, do you it, how do you let a guy get that wide open. How did, does that happen? Did somebody from the Ravens secondary get on a plane and put on a Browns uniform? Because I, it was I basically mean. the exact same thing. And now the Browns are, are really in a position, Chris, where if they're going to have a shot later in the year when Deshaun Watson comes back, this division, while not great, will be competitive in not being great, if that makes sense. I think there's going to be some beaten up on one another. You don't want to fall to one and two in this uh, situation with losses to the Jets and then to the Steelers. No, especially when the Steelers look as vulnerable as they are right now with Mitch Trubisky as their starting quarterback. So I don't I don't see that happening, Carlin. Now, Jadavion Clowney being out is a big deal, not so much for the pass rush, but for his ability to be able to set the edge in the run game. I think that's got to have to be the approach for the Pittsburgh Steelers in order to take pressure off of whoever's playing quarterback because Mike Tomlin has told everybody they haven't been able to get that going. We even had Max Starks on the show who does the sideline report for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he said that Najee Harris is missing some of the holes. I suspect with the weather being what it is tonight in Cleveland and it being on a short week, the Pittsburgh Steelers try to get back to bully ball and establish the line of scrimmage on the offensive side. And that means that you got to be able to hold up with your front seven. Clowney being out is a big deal for the Browns in that regard. Yeah, and and if you're Pittsburgh, you're trying everything you can to get the offense going. This is a guy that you drafted in the first round last year. He had 1,200 yards. He had 75 catches. He's a weapon. Mm-hmm. And if he's missing holes, you got to get that righted pretty quickly. And, and look, I, I know that it takes time 
for an offensive line to come together. We have talked about that when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. How much longer are you supposed to wait here for Pittsburgh? Because they went out and spent some money here the offseason to bring in a couple of linemen. Kendrick yep. Green, who they picked in the third round last year, mm-hmm. couldn't win the job So at guard. So where are we here? That that line, they may have to come together, but Chris, I just don't think they're all that good. Well, here's the thing. They're not terrible when it comes to pass protection, right? They're 11th in pass block win rate. Now, when it comes to run blocking, that's a different subject matter altogether. And they've got to get better with that. But I just fail to believe that Najee Harris forgot how to run the ball. Like, he's still a bona fide mm-hmm. player. I just think that the looks that he's facing, because the passing game is so inept, are that much more difficult. You're talking about eight- and nine-man fronts trying to run the football against that. That's hard for any running back and offensive line to overcome in terms of being able to get some productivity on the ground. I would think that if you're Mike Tomlin tonight and all you have heard about is your quarterback, you are doing everything you can to help him out by running the ball as much as you can. Yeah. I'll tell you the other thing, too. Watching them last week, Pat Fryermuth is a weapon. He's good. He's a good tight end. He's solid. They don't use him enough. Carlin, I love the skill position core yeah. for the the But, like, the he's Steelers. a guy, that, but, Chris, as as a safety valve, as somebody that Mitch Trubisky, if you're struggling, you want to go and rely on a little bit more, like, that's your guy. Yeah, but he tried to throw it to him once over the middle. That was a pick. He tried to throw it to him again at the end of the second half. That almost was a pick. They were both tip balls. So, I, I get trying to get the ball to Fryermuth. But you've got to be decisive when making those kind of reads. You got to get the football out. You can't try to be careful with the ball. You got to let it rip, man. And I don't see that in Mitch Trubisky. I see a guy that's trying to play football careful. And you can't do that in no. the National Football League. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. And we had Aaron Dolan on earlier, ESPN sports betting analyst, and trying to come up with. Uh, different things to look at tonight. And she had said this at the time, and I think it's it couldn't be more accurate. Uh, she said she hated this game tonight from a betting angle. And I have, I honestly have no feel for this tonight, for who's going to win this game. I have no feel. Can I say something? Mm. And this is, you know, counterintuitive, I guess, based on the information that Aaron Dolan gave us. Mm-hmm. I actually like the over in this game. Which, by the way, is 38. I like the over in this game. Short week, I think. Even bo- with wins tonight, I, I think in both twenties. I think both teams have urgency. You're, you're going to see. You're going to listen. This is going to be a fight, and there aren't a whole lot of state secrets. This is going to be. I'm going to try to out physical you, out tough you. But I do think we get some points on the board between these two teams, just because both of them recognize where they're at in their seasons, and they know that they've got to be able to get this win. The Cleveland Browns have no margin for error, just like the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have any margin for error. No, they don't. They, they really don't at this point. Exactly. So there, there's an air of desperation coming into this game for both. And I think that lends itself to us seeing a few more fireworks than people are anticipating. Hmm. Interesting. Just my take. Yeah, maybe. Just how I see it. Maybe take a little look at it for later. Yeah. Play of the day is coming up. It will I mean, involve the game tonight. Thirty-eight is. is I know a low, but, it's but, a low total, but, it, but that number is so tempting. It's you a know low. That. It's a low total. And you know that. And here's the other. You thing. know that's here's, there for here, a reason. Here's the other thing, Carlin. Eighty percent of the cash is on the under. Well, look, 80, as Aaron when, when, said, when, so much, so much, uh, so many times the under is hit this year. Yeah, it's six and one, right? Yeah, yeah. That's listen, man. <laughs> 
if it's going one way for a while, it's gonna it's gonna reverse course and go the other way. I'm just saying. Right, listen, I mean, you you just I know you just, watched it, the Steelers. Last I, week. I watched the Steelers. <laughs> I watched how bad it is. But when Mike Tomlin is talking about needing a little more juice. You know, when 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 the question. Cleveland Browns lose the way they lose to the New York Jets, I'm just saying both of these teams are coming in there with something on their mind tonight. Allow me to paint a scenario for you. Go ahead. Tonight, 13-3, Browns at the half, Trubisky, 7 of 16, 68 yards, no picks, no, inter- no, t- no touchdowns. Is he going to pick it? I could see it. I I could see a scenario where if they score like three points or they score on defense or something like that, and he has a bad first half, I am not going to be shocked. No. I am not going to be shocked. But for whatever reason, I could see this game being 24-17. I can see it. I can see it. I can see it. I have no feel. I have no feel whatsoever for this game. It's rare for that. Doesn't mean I'm always right. I'm far from it. I mean, no feel. Okay. There it is. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on ESPN Plus, Hot Ticket, brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. And, you know, that will be a relatively hot ticket in Cleveland tonight when it's Cleveland and Pittsburgh, given how those two cities cannot stand one another. Up next, two Super Bowl teams are off to very slow starts. So who should panic and who should be patient? It's next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Aaron Judge, of course, last night I make the play on him at 170 plus 175. And, you know, he's ripping doubles all over the place and everybody in the stadium's cursing him out for doubling. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So he's still and I couldn't believe this headline today. I saw in a graphic. It wasn't on ESPN. It was somewhere else. I forget where. But it was Aaron Judge stuck on six. Stuck. It's been one game. Right, one game. <laughs> one. Nobody has any patience for it, though. We all want this thing to happen, man. It's been one it's game. It's got to happen, though, Carl, and we're all waiting for it. Now, here's the thing. Last night, Judge, in the eighth inning, that the Yankees just, you know, rolled over the Pirates, he gets walked by Eric Stout on four pitches. Mm-hmm. Didn't even give him a chance. I don't understand what Major League Baseball is doing. Like, if you're Rob Manfred, you got to send out the memo to every team. Listen, pitch to this guy. We're not doing the whole intentional walk thing. But you're losing like 10-2 if you're the Pirates at that point. But listen, man, I'm not, I'm not saying we got to go down the route of what Brett Favre did for Michael Strahan to get the sack record. I'm just simply saying pitch to the guy. Give him an opportunity. Be competitive. Don't just walk the guy and eliminate any chance that he has at being able to tie Roger Maris for the American League record. See, now here's what's wrong with me. If I'm Eric Stout in that situation and I'm not going to pitch to him, I'm drilling him. Why? I, I'm hitting him in the hip or in the butt or something like that. I'm not allowing him. I, I, I just, 
I, I'm drilling them. Why? I don't know. I would have a thing with ticking off 60,000 or 40,000 or however well, many in the well, stadium. Why would you want to be that guy, though? I, That's what I don't understand. I, let's just let's conserve what, what the energy. What happens if you're trying to drill them and it gets away from you? And then all of a sudden, Aaron Judge can't finish the regular well, season. Well, that's where you never saw me pitch because I had pinpoint. I mean, wow, honestly, here we I'm go. not missing. Here we go. I couldn't do all many right. things, but when I pitched JV in high okay. school. Okay. <laughs> Let's be glad that there are no Chris Carlins on the mound for any of these teams. I don't want to hurt anybody. Don't get me wrong. I just want to say, eh, you're not getting it off me. And by the way, why don't you wear the seams for a day or two? Yeah, but it's such a cop out, though, man. Just no, pitch to the not. guy. Just get the guy out. Pitch See, to the guy and get him out. But here's the How thing. How about that? If you're not, my point is, if you're not going to pitch to him, at least have some guts and drill him. Well, here's the thing. I don't care what my manager says. I want to take on the challenge and pitch to this guy because they're saying that he's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Mm-hmm. There's a chance that he's going to get the triple crown. There have only been, what, two guys in the last 53 years to do that? From a competitive why, standpoint. Why not take on the challenge? I want to take on the challenge. That's what I everybody do. wants to see. And Major League Baseball wants the thrill. So what's... I don't understand the downside in competing against Aaron Jones. Well, if I'm Eric Stout, I haven't exactly established myself enough in the big leagues to make sure that uh, I'm going to be around for the long haul. So, you know. If you strike out Aaron Judge, you will be. (laughs) Eric Stout was a 29-year-old journeyman for the Pirates who walked Aaron Judge last night. If he strikes Aaron Judge out, this version of Aaron Judge, maybe you're not a journeyman. I mean, I look at his career. Well, here's the thing, though, Carlin. Think about it this way. It, 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 there's no downside to it. If you strike him out, then people are saying you struck out the hottest hitter in baseball in the last, what, five years? Ten years? Whatever it is. Chris. If, if you let him hit the home run, you're a footnote in there in history with Aaron Judge tying Roger Maris. Eric Stout's career ERA is 7.3 in 23 games. He's 29 years old. Ooh, you know how Aaron brutal. Judge you know, brutal. You know how Aaron Judge is going to remember, remember me? When I drill him. Right wow. in the hip. Wow. You wear these seams. You're, such a, ba- you're such a bad guy. People don't know my name then. <laughs> you're a bad guy. I, I don't even know what to say or where to go from here. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. I don't know what it is, but in that spot, that if I wasn't, if I couldn't, according to my manager, go after him, mm. then let's get it over with quick and dirty. Okay. Just hit the bricks. Go ahead and take your pace. You're a bad guy. I'm not a bad guy. I got I mean, an edge to me. That's what I got. Yeah, but I mean, you could risk hurting the guy. Well, I'm not going to risk hurting the guy. If I honestly felt like I was going to miss him or hit him in the, you know, up near the head, I wouldn't do it. Well, well, well you're acting like the pitch can't get away from you, even if you're going to hit the guy. Again, I point out that my control was never the issue. Okay. Canty right. and Carlin on ESPN Radio there and on go. ESPN Plus. I, I'm not going to try to make my athletic prowess anything good because it wasn't anything good. It was it was bad. It was ugly. But all I'm saying is he'd catch it right in the thigh instead. That's all. Okay. He'll remember me. All right. Uh, listen, one of the things that really caught my attention in the last day or so was Joe Burrow. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, teams that after 0-2 could be in some kind of panic mode. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is apparently not that with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Very comfortable. Those guys are, are working hard to get it right. I can do a lot more to help them too, and, and we can do more with, with play calling to help them as well. So um, we're getting this thing right. Nobody's panicking. Myself, I mean, everyone is, is frustrated, but like I said, we're not panicking. Two games in, we got 15 games left. It's all just take a deep breath and relax. We're going to be fine. We're not worried about it. we got great players, great coaches, 
understand our, our plan and know what we need to do to fix it. And two, we did it last year. We were in here talking about the same exact stuff and everyone saw how it worked out. So you know, we're, we're focused on getting it right, getting better. But uh, like I said, no panic. A lot of urgency, but no panic. Well, now if you lose this weekend, panico, sheer cowboy. panic, <laughs> sheer panic, break glass in case of emergency, exactly. put on your flotation device, and before you put anybody else's mask on, make sure you put yours on first, because the plane is about to crash. Okay. That's what happens if you lose to the Jets. Where do you have bigger concern, for the 1-1 one one Rams or for the 0-2 Bengals at this point? Ooh. I mean, I got real concern over both. Yeah, that's a Real great concern. question. I would say this. I'm more concerned with the Rams because their quarterback isn't healthy. Yeah, it's a problem. Matt Stafford's not healthy. That elbow ain't right. And he's mm-hmm. still throwing lollipops. And I don't care that they won against the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta's not even trying to win this season. So I just I look at it from the standpoint of which team has more upside. And I think I'd have to lean toward the Cincinnati Bengals, even though we're talking about the reigning defending world champs. I don't think the Rams make the playoffs this year. Wow. Yeah, really? That's a strong take, but I don't think the Rams make the playoffs this year. I can still see a path where the Cincinnati Bengals make the playoffs. Now, it has to probably be by virtue of winning their division, but I can see them making the playoffs. I'm not there yet. I, I'm I'm not there on the Rams as far as real, real super big concern yet. The offensive line is a problem. I'm not going to argue that. Their offensive line is bad, and their quarterback is already hurt. I agree. I, I think that the quarterback thing, I want to see a couple of more games to see how much he can navigate through here. Is this truly like it was last year or not? And then is this line going to be any better? The Brian Allen thing is the one that bothers me the most. We've talked about that. Yeah. That's one where I think they're they're definitely in some real trouble in that spot. Mm-hmm. Um as far as the Bengals, how much longer do I have to wait to see if the line's going to come together? How much more patient do I have to be? It's going to take some time, man. You got four new starters on that group. But can I ask okay? for better? It takes than, time. But can I ask for better than thirteen sacks in two games? Some of them are on Burrow. I'm not going to say that they're not, but thirteen sacks is a big number in two games. No, it's a big number. I don't expect them to keep up that pace because you're talking about him being sacked 110 times. The guy's going to get hurt before he gets hit that many times. But I do think some of this is on Zach Taylor. And the play callers, they've got to help Joe Burrow in that offensive line, allow that offensive line the opportunity to grow together. That means getting the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quicker. That means leaning on some of the perimeter runs that they had a lot of success with last year with Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon in the screen game, set that up. If everybody's in a rush to get to your quarterback, set up a screen to Joe Mixon. Set up a screen to Jamar Chase. Let those guys do damage because the defense is over-pursuing. Those are some of the things that you can do to help your offense mm-hmm. until that offensive line gets back on track. Or, no, nah, I can't even say back on track, until they become a competent offensive line. I, I just, uh, with Burrow right now mm. and those kind of weapons, even though it's a group that's still coming together and playing together for the first time, it should not be this bad. It should not be this bad. They Look, they should have won the game in Dallas last week. They should have, and they didn't. You know, they they should have won the game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yeah. Colin, that's why I'm not panicking. Yeah, those are two games that they should have banked. They, they, there's no reason why they lost that game to the Pittsburgh Steelers. No I, reason. I worry about them more in the AFC because of who they're going to have to deal with in that conference. 
that's the other big reason why I would be less worried about the Rams because I just don't think the NFC is very good. Well, nobody's running away in their division, so they have that going for them. 